and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the explosive Matt. Hello there. So, here we are. Other side of Christmas. Yeah. Um, for us, I mean, uh, we, we, we've already had one episode come out since Christmas Day itself, but this is our first time recording mm-hmm. uh, in the new year. Has there been a new Jodie Whittaker episode? There has. It was last night. Any good? Um, uh, <laughs> it was the first part of a two-parter, so ask me in okay. another week. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, quietly confident for this series, I, I will say, though. Yeah, um, seems to be getting off to a reasonable start. Um, tune in for our full thoughts on that. <laughs> Everything like, two, two years? years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but f- uh, before then, uh, we have got a uh, bit of a doozy of a two-parter to talk about, I think. Uh, yeah. The uh, the Pandorica opens and the Big Bang, the Series 5 finale. Mm. So, what did you make of it, Matt? I think if I go back to our old rating scale... Yes. I'd probably say good episodes, some bad bits. Okay, yeah. There, there's some bits that are just massively convoluted and unnecessary, but then there's some bits that are very clever. Mm-hmm. And There's a lot going on. I think we've been riding a bit of a crest with Season 5, and I think this might be us... Over the brow of the hill, coming down the other side. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be intrigued to uh, dig into that a little bit deeper over the course of the episode. Uh, cards on the table. I really, really like this finale. I think it's uh, the strongest series finale of any series to date. I, I will um, say, I didn't fathom the twist. Oh yeah. Un- until basically the episode laid all its cards <laughs> on the table, and I sort yeah. of went, "Oh right, yeah, yeah." But. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, was there's okay. there's a lot there's a lot going on. There's a lot to unpack as we uh, yeah. go through this one, I think. Um, and yes, it's not perfect. I don't think there has been a perfect series finale yet, but but it it gets closer, I think, than any of the RTD ones uh, do. For at least for me. I know you probably don't want to answer this mm. question, but obviously, new episode last night, new yeah. series, yeah. new Doctor, everything. Yeah. Is River Song still like a really important character? I do you genuinely want me to answer that question? Uh, no. <laughs> Every time I have a nice question, <laughs> like... that's that's the thing. I mean, I can tell you because it's a yes or no, but it very much. I, I just think if she's from so far in the future, mm. surely she'll know that like the Doctor doesn't stay as Matt Smith forever. Well, and... maybe maybe her story ends with uh, that incarnation of the Doctor. Maybe. I don't know. Time will tell. I, I don't really know what I think of River Song. She's, like, it's, it's, it's interesting because we've had, at this point, if you count individual episodes, this is, what, six episodes we've had that feature mm. her? Uh, all of them two-parters. Uh, so three stories, six individual episodes... And we end it knowing almost less about her than we knew at the start. Like the Doctor prides himself on knowing everything and being the smartest man in the room, but we all know he's like inherently flawed in that. Whereas River Song's just really like smug with it. She is incredibly smug. Yes, that's certainly true. Like she's got a charm about her, but like yeah, 
if that was someone in your office, you wouldn't be fond of them, would <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, no, if, uh, um, uh, if, unless they had the sort of innate charisma of someone like Alex Kingston, then, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's basically, they cast that part well, and so they can get away with her yeah. being as smug as she is. Um, the the yeah. other thing I wanted to say, is this, this season we've seen yeah. so far, where the companion is just, really insignificant like Amy like we haven't seen anything really have we we know that like yeah she liked the doctor when she was little and yeah towards the end of this episode she plays a pretty key part yeah but she hasn't really done anything has she you know she's not a uh, yeah she's not a rose yeah I know that like rose is like the benchmark yeah. Every episode was like her escaping her old boring life. Yeah. Whereas Amy's just sort of there. <laughs> I think you are less sold on Amy than I am. Uh, and I've I've obviously got the I'm sort of carrying with me preconceptions of of like where, knowing where she goes from mm. this uh series. So maybe that kind of colors my opinion of her. Um, what I will say is I'm much less interested in Amy on her own than I am with Amy and Rory as a duo. Mm. I like, think together they would, are much more interesting. Would you say we've seen an outstanding Amy story? I would say the closest we've come is Vincent Van Gogh and the Doctor. Yeah, she's very good in that one. And, yeah. and pretty. I've, 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 I have well, a hard I... time imagining that one with her not in the equation. But that could have been anyone. You could yeah, have swapped but... her out for Rose. You could have swapped her out for Martha. It would Donna. have felt different, though. I think she had. Uh, you can make the argument that Amy as a character doesn't drive the plots the way certain other companions mm. have. I don't think you'd make the argument that she's not a clearly defined character. She has a personality which is very distinctly but, hers, but it hasn't evolved. In the way that others have. No, not necessarily. We haven't seen much growth from her. No, I wouldn't say so. Not not at, not at this point. It really, she's she's you know the fact that it is her specifically is it's it just so ha- if the crack had been in another person's bedroom mm. that would have would that you, you, how would that have changed the course of the series? Maybe you know in some ways it would have, but. You know, not significantly in others. It's mm. it just it so happens that she is, you know, it was her bedroom, and therefore she becomes this focal point, mm. and and you know, so she in that in, in, in way her character is more of a catalyst for events mm. than someone shaping the events. And now we've reached the end. Yeah. Of the series. Yes. And we know what's happening know where it's going do we see that growth with amy moving forward i would say so i think there is more there's more to look forward there is i would say so yes we we, it's not just you know we've kind of almost we get this bit out of the way you know we've spoilers because obviously we'll get to it you know in our fourth episode summary but we end the series with her married to rory Mm. and the two of them back on the tardis adventuring together with the doctor so that create that kind of i think puts a cap on the sort of slightly awkward dynamic that we've had throughout this series where rory has been kind of like a second fiddle and a 
and like there's this kind of uncertainty over whether she gets married or not. We now know definitively she marries Rory. They are now a married couple traveling with the Doctor in the TARDIS, and that I think does change. Has things. that ever happened before? <sighs> I don't I know think that so. The, I know that I he's had like yeah. a male and female companion traveling yeah. with him at the same time. Has he ever had a couple? Um, depend. <laughs> I think he's it had would. A couple of dicks. Uh, <laughs> never mind a couple. I think it would depend um, on. Which fans you ask as to whether or not they count Ian and Barbara right. as a couple? But it's never—are they ever no, explicitly? Never romantic? explicitly, but there are there are certain moments and scenes which, um, if you're so inclined, you can very much read into the fact that at a certain point they have struck up a uh, romantic relationship. Right. Uh, but that's never made explicit in the show itself. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. I think we've got a lot of plot to get through. So let's yeah. get let's get cracking. Right, so we start back with Vincent van Gogh in France. Yeah. He's very ill, he's having one of his episodes. Mm-hmm. How did you feel, like, the fact that we're starting back, that we've suddenly gone back to van Gogh? At, at first, a, yeah. I thought, like, oh, that's like an odd twist. Yeah. But then we also go back to Churchill, and we, we do. basically run through this season. Yeah. And, and I find that really satisfying. I don't I, know about you. In, in the sense that. Other than the crack, there hasn't really been anything to link. Yeah. I mean, there's been that overriding story, but the the episodes, like Van Gogh, Churchill, they don't marry together. Yeah, and, and, you know, twas ever thus with Doctor Who. It's, mm. you know, it's... it's but it's here it turns out way. they are all linked. Yes. Because Van Gogh has painted something that he thinks is rubbish and not very yeah. good. I mean, to be honest, when we see the painting... It's not his best work, is it? <laughs> you know, it's become a bit iconic. A lot of fans really? who really are very enamoured with this season will have, like, you know, replica prints of that and stuff like that. It's quite popular. Really? With uh, a certain subset of fans. They want to grow up. <laughs> they want to get a life. Right. It'd be the same people that buy those T-shirts from Blink. What's the slogan yeah. on there? Uh, the angels have the phone box. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, just... So he's painted something. He doesn't like it. We later find out that the painting has made its way to Churchill. Yeah. His robot man friend. Yeah. Still Brace working well. for him. Yeah. I mean, even though he was going to go out into the world, it turns out. I'm I'm presuming it's a case that he went off and then Churchill had a change of heart and brought him back. Like it's not hard to headcanon that one, is it? No. Um. So. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so and and where does it go from uh, Churchill? So Churchill it's... tries to phone the doctor. Yeah. But the time vortex reroutes his phone call. It goes to River Song. Yeah. She's in prison. Yeah. She escapes. She causes the guards to hallucinate with the lipstick that we've seen in previous episodes. Yeah. So the guard has like a gun pulled on her, but actually it's just a stick woman she's drawn on the wall. Yeah, I quite like that gag. And she then runs away and buys a time machine, but it's one of those things that vortex manipulator. That Captain Jack had. We've yep. seen those. Yeah, they're, they're they're used by by time agents yeah, in general. And I really, we only get a moment, but I really like that scene. For a start, it feels very Star Wars, sort of like an alien bazaar. You've got all these weird creatures in the background. We don't get as much of that kind of sci-fi in Doctor Who as I would like sometimes, so it's always nice to see like a, a random selection of aliens. So she's like, it's like this big 
blue uh, merchant yeah. guy who's obviously like d- sells dodgy stuff. And, and there's a lot of funny little moments in that scene. Like, you know, you say it's like fresh off the wrist of a uh, time agent. And then the alien guy presents the box and says, <laughs> he just says, I said off the wrist. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, and she doesn't actually pay for it as well. She puts micro explosives in his drink. That's right. And uh, and says, well, the way it plays out, she's like, she's like, I hope you've got something interesting for you. And she like takes off one of her earrings. Like this is a some you know sci fi mumbo jumbo thing. Uh, it can, uh, what was it? It can harmlessly remove micro explosives. Uh, and, and he's like, what kind of micro explosives? Like the ones I've just put in your drink. So, you know, uh. So, Good times. Yeah, she's got a time machine, and then we've cut to the TARDIS, where Amy's staring at the engagement ring. We saw that at the end of the last episode. Yeah. I think she says to the Doctor, I don't know, is it at this point or later on, where she's like, are you going to propose to someone? Yeah, and and, and he's like, um, what does he say? Something, something like, uh, oh, you know, it was a friend a long time ago, and and, yeah. and, and then she's like, ah. Which is nice, this friend, <laughs> you know, just hasn't made that connection. That so yeah. from there, the doctor decides he's going to go read the earliest ever written text. Yeah, it's never been deciphered, but with the TARDIS, he'll be able to do it. Yeah, and when he gets there, it just says "Hello, sweetie," and it has some coordinates. Yeah, so obviously it's River Song. Yeah. beckoning him through time. Uh huh. Yeah. Now, is this? A later or an earlier River Song that we've seen. We establish in this episode that it is before. Uh, it's obviously. I think it's actually. I think this will be the earliest. Yeah. For her, uh, um, that we've ever seen her because um, it's obviously pre-Silence in the Library, and it is also before the Crash of the Byzantium. Because she says spoilers yeah. when Amy mentions that. that. Yeah. So this is the earliest incarnation of River Song mm-hmm. that we've seen so far. Right. So, they go to Roman Britain. Yeah. River is now Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really love that. Just like, you know, um, they, they, the Roman guards sort of approach him and, and just... Because they, they think he is... Um, do they think, think he's Caesar or something? Like again, under, again under the influence of the, of the hallucinogenic lipstick, mm-hmm. and he says, "Cleopatra will see you now." And of course, it is River Song. Yeah. But yeah. So she presents the picture. Yes. She says, "You know, this warning has gone through time." She unfurls it, and it's basically Van Gogh's Starry Night, but in the middle of it, just the TARDIS going bang. Yeah. And yeah, I, d- I didn't think it was a great picture. I mean, it's it a bit childish. <laughs> but, you know, that's part of the charm of uh, Van Gogh's work, isn't it? It has this sort of, like, bold, naive style at mm. times. Um, now, yeah. Importantly, the picture's called The Pandorica Opens. Mm. But, as we know, the Pandorica's just a fairy tale. Yeah, we're c- obviously not going to see it in an episode also called The Pandorica Opens. Yeah. Um, immediately, even though it's just a fairy tale, the Doctor knows where it's buried and what it is. So they <laughs> well, go to what the legend is. They yeah. go to Stonehenge. Yes. And they ex- excavate and find a set of stairs. So mm-hmm. there's almost like a 
not a coffin. What's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, catacombs. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah. Beneath Stonehenge. Yes. So they, the, they the, call it, he calls it the Underhenge. There you go. Which is a lovely turn of phrase. <laughs> and in the Underhenge, there's a Cyberman helmet. Yeah. They then open the door to find the Pandorica, and there's a Cyberman arm. How did you feel, feeling like, oh, this is going to be a Cyberman story? Uh, well, at this point, I didn't think it was. I was just like, they could just be remnants. You know, yeah. we've seen it where he goes to museums and there's bits of Cybermen and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was sort of hoping it wasn't, because yeah. we, I'm not we've done sold that. on the Cybermen at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that an evil creature... I think he says like a goblin of some description. Yeah, it's a, a goblin or a trickster. Like it's one of these where like different versions of the tale yeah. lend it a slightly different emphasis. So it was tricked into the Pandorica, which is this ultimate prison, yes. this ultimate cage by yeah. a good wizard. Yes. And does River like say, "Oh, I hate it. whenever yeah, it's, it's a good wizard, river. it's always him." Yes. Yeah, which is again a love a lovely little bit of sort of like. It adds to the mystique of the character of the Doctor, I feel like. Mm. The idea that, yeah, you can you can imagine how he ends up being the source of various legends and, mm. and things like that throughout so the galaxy. So, Pandorica starts opening from the inside. Mm-hmm. And as it does so, Stonehenge begins, like, a transmission. So, you see, like, metal rods that go up into the stones. Yes. Starts emitting this frequency into yes. the skies. Yes. And River says, you know... We need to be a little bit worried about who's hearing this transmission. Yes. And the people that have heard it are the 100,000 starships in yeah. the sky. <laughs> yeah, just so hanging out. Immediately you hear the Daleks. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll read you my notes for this section. Yes. The Daleks are here. Yep. And Cybermen. Yep. And Sontaran. And Slithane. Yeah. And then I've just written everyone. Yes. Yeah. So every villain... Is here. Yes, and and she rattles off a list that includes obviously some classic uh, races that we've not seen in the modern series. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't have the full list in front of me, but the ones that jumped out for me because I've seen uh, one was Terraleptals because I saw that the story with them quite recently. It's a Fifth Doctor story, which is actually on my long list of possible stories we might watch in a couple of weeks okay. for the Fifth Doctor. Um, and uh, Draconians as well, who are an absolute fan favorite. Only ever been sh- uh, it, uh, been in one story, but I would love for the Draconians to come back because uh, they're a bit like the Silurians in that they are a race, but they're not necessarily evil. They're just another intelligent alien species, and frankly, Doctor Who doesn't have enough of those. I feel like you know other alien races that are maybe antagonists for the purposes of a story, but not just flat out evil the way the Daleks or the Cybermen are. Um, so, but yeah, so some lovely little nuggets for the classic fans, but it's it's everyone. It's yeah. it's an alliance, effectively, of all of these. Well, we, we, we don't, don't know, know that. that ah, we point. don't know that quite yet, so do we? Yeah. The Doctor, at this point, is worried that all these seemingly like feudal races that he yeah. always fights are going to yeah. fight one another. Yes. Over whatever Pandorica. Yeah. Um, so he says he's going to fight them with the greatest army of all time, the Romans, uh-huh. but only one Roman volunteers. And we've got this shadowy outline of this heroic yeah. character. Did you know who it was? Nope. Not at oh, this point. Oh, great. I'm not glad that the reveal point. didn't uh, worked on you. Yeah. So it's at this point 
that Amy asked the Doctor about the engagement ring. Yeah. And the Doctor says, does it bother you that your life makes no sense? Yeah. I mean, I mean it seems I, like it's bothering you. It, yeah. It's, it's bothered you throughout this series. And it seems to be bothering the Doctor, but the one yeah. person it doesn't really bother is Amy. She yeah. never really thought about it. Yes. I mean, it turns out there are good reasons for that, yeah. as we'll get to, but... Uh... Yeah. So they're attacked by a Cyberman arm. And Amy's attacked by the head. She gets shot with like a little dart. I read. I I want to take a moment to talk about how fucking creepy that Cyberman head is. It reminded me of the thing. Yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Where it's just a head with tendrils. Like, yeah, yeah. Spidering. So it's like scuttling it's not even along. Spidering. It's like it's almost like an octopus. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Really good work on the CGI. Like not the most convincing CGI ever, but the the movement gives it that sort of mm. creepy quality um and yeah it's sort of like it's reaching out because she's holding it the tentacles start to reach out try to grab her and then it opens up at the front and you've got this like have we ever used seen up skull that before or inside a cyberman yeah i don't, I, think, I don't so. think we've ever seen the no. mask open. open no i think i'm right in saying we've seen they've got like human hearts and I think we've yeah, seen we, that before. Yeah, we've seen bits and in bobs the torso, inside. Yeah, we've never seen the mask. Yes. Or, or the helmet open. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's just, uh, and so you know, as the doctor later points out, you know, it's effectively, it's trying to piece itself back together and like grab onto a new human uh, host. Isn't quite the word. I, they use humans almost like batteries, don't they? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. Super freaking creepy. But anyway, as a last resort, it, it pops out a little uh, tranquilizer dart mm. into Amy. So Amy is rescued. I think she falls back into like another room. Yeah. And you see a sword pierce through the door. Yeah. Where it's attacked this Cyberman. Yeah. And it's Rory. Yeah. That's a real punch the air moment mm. for me. See, I, I wondered yeah. if, because we've seen it before, when Rory's deleted from time. Yes. Whether he was actually just like shot through time and just fell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Period. Good. Good theory. That that's my initial mind. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought at this point it's possible that everything hasn't been deleted. It's, it's just, just been displaced through time and all yep. disjointed. Yeah. So the doctor just finds a cupboard full of cyber weaponry. He says, "This is how we're going to fight this war." Mm-hmm. And he's talking all the way through, and it's like, oh, Rory, just hand me that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, come on, Rory. And then in the end, he just goes, oh, Rory. Yeah, because because uh, this movie he's talking about says, there's something I'm missing here. There's something right under my nose. I'll find it in a second, Rory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's I. The the both their performances in, in this scene is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think, and the way when he 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 swoops back around, and it's obviously the penny starting to drop, and he looks. Like closely, Rory, and just like pokes him in the chest, and he just sort of like creaks back for a second. Uh, yeah, I love that scene. So Rory doesn't know why he's here, and yeah. that's when I yeah. started to think, "Oh, he's just fallen through time." Yeah. So River tries to use the TARDIS, but it won't take off. Yeah, the the, the Doctor's basically sent her on an errand to get some uh, equipment for mm. his plan. Um, yeah, and it's it's just kind of making queasy noises in that way. Occasionally, does when it suits the plot. Um. <laughs> so Rory realizes that Amy doesn't remember him, mm. which is 
pretty upsetting, to say the least. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It yeah. really is, yeah. So the Doctor gives him the engagement ring, yeah. sort of explains what's happened. Yeah. The fact that Rory not only doesn't exist, but never existed. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's around this point that the Doctor sort of talks to him and says... Because Rory's asking the legitimate question, why am I here? And the Doctor just says, you know, the, the, the universe is big and complicated and very occasionally, seemingly impossible things happen. We call them miracles. Never seen one before, but this will do for me. And I, that's a lovely line. Yeah. So the next bit, you might just have to hold my hand through. I'll, I'll do my best. So River takes the TARDIS back to Amy's old house. Yes. And there's a crack within the TARDIS, and we hear this voice saying, silence will fall. Yes. Do I don't think by the end of these two episodes we know where that voice is coming from. No, we don't. Okay, so am I right in thinking that there is something the other side causing these cracks, but... It's, we, yes, it it's seems... It's alluded as, to, yeah. but we never actually... It seems as though th- uh, the... TARDIS has effectively been hijacked yeah. by whatever yeah. is, uh, is is you know the, behind this voice declaring that silence will fall. So when she gets to Amy's old house, the door's smashed open. Something's clearly beaten her yeah. in the race there. Yeah, and she finds a children's books on the Romans yeah. and Pandora's box. Yes, so. Seemingly, there are clues to everything that's happening yeah. inside Amy's house. Yes, to the point, to the extent that when she looks at the pictures of the sort of stereotypical Roman centurion in the children's textbook, it has the same face yeah. as the yeah. one that that they met uh, when she was posing as Cleopatra. You know, it it somehow seems like the 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 the, the scenario in which the Doctor and River found themselves was somehow concocted from. Elements of Amy's childhood. Yeah, and she she does. It, it's not too far in the future that she does relay that yes. information to the doctor. Yeah. So Amy begins to cry when she's talking to Rory. Yeah. Again, we get this that there's a hint she does remember. Yeah. But, but it's she's kind of not allowed to remember. Yeah, it's like it's buried deep, deep, deep within her sort of consciousness, like so, or, or subconsciousness. So it's like she can't access those memories, but. They are in there somewhere. And we get that illusion to old memories mm-hmm. when River finds a photograph of Rory in fancy dress and he's a Roman centurion. Yes. So we yeah. know where that's coming from. Yes. Okay. So the Doctor realises that the time River's travelled to Amy's house is this forbidden date that we've seen yeah. through the series. Yeah. And that's why the TARDIS isn't working. Okay? So, the Pandorica makes a noise, and all the Centurions sort of fall down. Yeah. So the Doctor realises these aren't Centurions, they're like replicas. Yeah. They are creations made to look like Centurions, but they're under a different control. Control specifically of the Nestine Consciousness. Yeah, because... Eventually, their hands open into guns. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen these since that first episode. We haven't, no. I so thought they were going wiped all the out. Way back. Uh, or was that just one nesting consciousness? Well, um, it, perhaps it was. There are multiple nesting consciences. 
perhaps it's a case that that this was is happening before. That. that is a possibility. It could be that the nesting consciousness works in such a way that it can inhabit multiple piles of gloop. Mm. So we saw one pile of gloop. What's to say it's a consciousness? What's to say that it can't in, in inhabit other Doctor Who? Yeah. When we had the Autons, yeah. did we have the nesting consciousness? Yes, it didn't look like it does in Rose, but we did yeah, have a version of it. We don't have it here. and I mean, it's mentioned once or twice, yeah. but it's mentioned specifically as the Autons. Yes. So I didn't know if the Autons were sort of the classic villain and then they bolted on this consciousness. No, the, the nesting consciousness has always been the thing that controls the Autons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we don't actually see it uh, in any kind of physical form in this episode, but... It's basically a convenient way for Moffat to have convincing human beings. And also, I like the fact that we've gone to this point where, like, they've obviously uh, upgraded their manufacturing process so they don't just look like dummies. dummies. They're like, we're going to make them, like, fully convincing. And even to the point of implanting memories within them Mm. so that they are fully convinced of their own humanity. So, Amy, at this point, remembers Rory, Uh which, you know, is a big bonus. Yeah. As soon as that happened, I was like, something terrible is going to happen. Nothing nice ever just happens. Yeah, and I think you can already hear it in the music. Like, like you're getting those kind of sour chords, and just, like, you feel it in the pit of your stomach. So, downstairs with the Doctor, the Rainbow Daleks appear. Yeah. Along with some Cybermen. Yeah. The Jadoon. Santarans, yeah. Get some Silurians in there. Yeah. Why not? Doesn't really make any sense that they'd be there, but why not? <laughs> so this is where it sort of clicked for me. Yeah. That this prison that is holding this terrible being yeah. is designed. Because I kept thinking, is is it going to be like... that? My two thoughts were, yeah. is it going to be the master? Yeah. he's the only one that ever rivals the Doctor. Yeah. Or was it going to be... Forget the actor's name, James Bond, that was the other head of Gallifrey. Oh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Uh, so Rassilon. Yeah, yeah, I thought, is he in there? Yeah, you you thought ones? it's got to be a Time Lord. I thought it's got to be something that can rival the Doctor. Yeah. But then my mind instantly went, well, nothing rivals the Doctor. Yeah. So this is a prison for, for the, the Doctor. Because it's like all of his greatest enemies. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. They, if they just yeah. band together for two minutes, yeah. get him out of the way, yeah, and then they can go back to just. Yeah. But of course, pirating that, across. That's the not even the motivation, which is what I think makes it so fascinating. As they then, I think, in the same scene, expound the reason that they're doing it is because all of time and space is under threat. Like, all universes are under threat. And the reason for that is the explosion of the TARDIS. And they say. Well, we'll just keep you away from the TARDIS, and um, mm. then the TARDIS can't explode because only the Doctor can pilot the TARDIS, which of course we know isn't true. Yeah, but they don't. So, yeah. so uh, I did quite like this as like the resolution. Yeah, it's a I, it's a I crazy. I sort of felt a bit stupid that I didn't spot it coming. But that that to me, I think, is the beauty of a great twist. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you, you. That's what you want from a twist. You don't want one where it's just like. Ah, oh, well, I mean, I could never have figured that out. It's just like, yeah. you want one way to yeah, say... if it opened oh. and it was like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And I'd have just been like, oh, how didn't I see that coming? Yeah, but yeah this makes 
A lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. It's I wonder really... who the wizard is that traps him. That rainbow Dalek. Could, Could be. be. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, because he caused the cracks in time, they chuck him in the Pandora car. Yes, yeah. Uh, back up top, River is in the TARDIS as it blows up. Yeah. And Amy gets shot by Robot Rory. Yeah. So oh. he can't control it, and he feels so bad. Yeah, and credit to Arthur Darvill, the way he portrays him sort of fighting against this programming, mm. um, as he sort of just, yeah, murders his fiance. But uh, as if yeah. all that wasn't bad enough, the first episode closes, we sort of zoom out on planet Earth, into the galaxy, we just see all the stars and planets exploding. Just, just, yeah, so, just snuffing out one by so one. Right old mess. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a pr- pretty big stakes cliffhanger, isn't it? Mm. So yeah. So I at I this didn't stage, really know yeah. where we were going to go from here because literally everything is fucked. Yeah, and that's, that's I mean that's what you want from a finale cliffhanger, isn't it? But at the same like... time, Doctor Who cliffhangers don't matter. <laughs> you know I what say, makes you say that? <laughs> every cliffhanger we've seen has been an absolute non-event. Mm. I will say the way this one's handled is better. Yeah, better it's than a, most. It's at least fun, I think. When by the time we get to the end of the cold open mm. in uh, the next episode, the uh, the big bang, I think it's that's a lovely little twist. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. Right. So the big bang opens one thousand eight hundred and ninety-four years later. <laughs> uh, you'll uh, find that uh, as as Moffat's era goes on. He cannot resist those titles. There are quite. I mean, we've already seen a few earlier in the in the series. He loves like randomly huge numbers of years because it's just a way of like him being like, "Look how clever I am! I'm I'm writing a time travel show and I'm spanning having big numbers. Yeah, I'm doing these stories that span like all of these different mm. eras simultaneously. Um, so yeah, he can't resist it. So we're now back at Amy's house. And I, I've called her young Amy, but I might refer to her as Amelie. Uh, Amelia. Just, Amelia, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Just to differentiate between her and old Amy. Yeah, it's it's useful, I think. Yeah. So, young Amy paints the sky, and she's put loads of stars on. Yeah. And then there's like, is it her mum? It's her aunt. Her auntie and a therapist? I think it's her, both her aunts. Okay. I, or, I mean, I th- my reading of it is basically there's her... Her actual like familial aunt, mm. uh, and I, f- I forget their names. Um, the one who is Scottish, yeah. And uh, then the other one, I think, is possibly her partner, and that is why you know they, okay. they sort of like she has two aunts living in this house with her. Um, yeah. but, anyway, but, yeah. but they sort of chastise her and say there's yeah. no such thing as stars. Yeah. So I think they even say she says, "Oh, I'm going to go prove it," and they go outside, and the sky's just black. Yes, yeah. So I mean, it might just be really overcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we know from Vincent van Gogh, the sky yeah. isn't black, it's yeah. deepest blue. Yes, indeed. So, as she goes back upstairs in a bit of a strop, mm. a letter comes through the letterbox. We can make out it is the Doctor, yeah. but he's dressed quite obscenely. Uh, and it's a letter, but it's sort of sprawled on... 
it's like a pamphlet from the museum. Yes, it? it is. It's it's and it, and it so it's it's specifically it, it's uh, I think it's it, they've made up this museum, the National Museum. Is there yeah. a, a national museum? I think it's there meant is to be in Scotland. There's I think it's a big museum in Glasgow. Well, the, the, don't forget they're in Ledworth. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's because I think it's based, meant to be effectively the British Museum, mm. but it's obviously not quite. But anyway, um, yeah, and they're, so they're adverti- advertising that one of their current exhibits is the Pandorica. Yes. And so he sort of like circles that uh, and, and has scrolled on it. Come along, pond. Yeah. Which we've heard him sort of say a few times to her. So she goes to the museum with her aunt and there's Daleks and the Pandorica and there's a little post Let's not gloss over. Fossilised Daleks. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little post-it now on the Pandorica that yeah. just says stick around. So she hides until the museum's closed and when she touches it her genetic signature Yes. Opens the we also can't gloss over one really important uh, event before we get to that uh, when she's in the museum uh, where someone mysteriously steals her drink. She's got like a big soda cup. Okay. And someone uh, just grabs it out of nowhere. Oh, I might have missed that. Yeah. Um, It'll come into play later. Right. So the Pandorica opens. I was expecting to see the Doctor, but it's not. It's old it, Amy. Yeah. Who. We know he's dead. Yeah. She's but just she's... alive and well. And I think she says, oh, this is where it's going to get really weird. <laughs> I think she says, this is where it gets complicated, kid. But yeah. And then cut to the titles. I love that cold open. Yeah. It's brilliant. Just yeah. completely nuts. Like, you could never see it coming, but you're just like, okay, we're, we're like, in the... We know she's not in there. We know that she's dead. Yeah. So, first of all, oh, where is the doctor? doctor? How is she is alive? Yeah. Like, it's what just, is going uh, on? Yeah, and unfortunately, fortunately, it's a well-written episode and that all gets answered. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, good stuff. Right, so we're back in Roman times. Yeah. And Rory's talking to Amy's body, basically, you know, how much he loves her. Yes. And out of nowhere, the doctor appears. Yes. Wearing a fez and brandishing a mop. Yeah. Uh, no explanation. Yeah, yeah. Or, or in fact, I think uh, the the way that's set up is he's he's when he's talking to Amy, he's re, he's recalling the conversation he had with the doctor. He said the doctor says, you know, sometimes um, the universe just creates ridiculous miracles. I could do with a ridiculous miracle right about now. And then the doctor appears, as I say, wearing a fez. Brandishing a mob. So um, yeah. He gives Rory the sonic screwdriver. Yeah. And says, Oh, you've got to go set me free. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so Rory does. But when he does so, all the Daleks and the Romans are now fossils, even though it doesn't appear to have been that long for yes. Rory. Yeah. Because time is collapsing on itself. Yeah. Uh, so the doctor says, You know, we've got to save all of history. Yes. And Rory's saying, No, we need to save Amy. Yeah. And when the Doctor prioritises saving history or yeah. saving one person, yeah. Rory punches him. Yes, because well, the, the Doctor specifically says um, all of time and space isn't more important than your girlfriend in a really dismissive way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gets punched. But then anyways. the Doctor w- was using that as a test yes. of Rory's humanity. Yes. So it was turns it? out he passed. Yes. So he wanted to see, was he more human than... Autumn. Autumn, yeah. 
so I quite like that little bit. Yes, yeah. Um, and so we also need to establish the fact that when um, when Rory is talking to the Doctor uh, and explaining that the Doctor t- gave him his sonic screwdriver to open things, uh, the Doctor's like, no, I didn't. I've got my screwdriver here. And that's the point where we realise that it was a Doctor future, for, future for the Doctor. Um, and... So and one of the doctor's instructions was when they put Amy into the Pandorica to preserve her life that uh, Rory has to leave the sonic screwdriver in her top pocket. Yeah. So So the reason they put Amy in is they say that the prison of the Pandorica is designed so well that you can't even escape through death. Yeah. So by putting her in there it's going to heal her. Yes. But it's going to take 2000 years. Yeah. So Rory says, "I'll wait." Mm. You know, he he's sort of questioning who he is because he knows he's not the real Rory yeah. and what have you. So they seal away Stonehenge mm. with Rory down there. And I love the I love the way this plays out because you know the doctor's saying, "Oh, come on, look, vortex manipulator." We'll skip to the end; it'll be fine. And Rory just says. Uh, you know, it's an impenetrable, impenetrable prison. What you know, what could go wrong? I'm always like, tell me she wouldn't be safer if there wasn't someone here to guard her. And the doctor can't because obviously, obviously, it's an it's additional all, level. And all of, these races yeah. know it's yeah. there now. Yeah, and so and, and the way the doctor just says, "Why do you have to be so human?" And Rory's replies, "Because right now, I'm not." I I just love that dialogue and and R- Rory is the real hero of yeah. this story and we sort of find that out in the next yeah. scene so we're yeah. back with old Amy and young Amy in the museum two thousand years later yes and there's a video screen telling the legend of the Pandorica and it says that it's been guarded by a Roman soldier so yeah. anytime anything's happened to the yeah. Pandorica this hero soldier yeah. known as the last centurion yeah and... so they assume he died in the blitz because the museum or yeah. wherever the pandorica was held was hit yeah. by nazi bombs and you can see him yeah, pulling was, it out of the fire. yeah it's like this artist's impression of like eyewitness accounts of of this you know, the centurion yeah pulling and it's just like uh, yeah oh my so, god it's amy, amazing amy sheds another tear because yeah. it's like the most romantic thing ever, but sadly Rory's now dead. Yeah. Um, the fossilised Dalek comes to life. Yeah. Now that the Pandorica's opened, mm-hmm. it's as though it's been waiting there this entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's going to attack Amy and young Amy. However, the museum security guard shoots it. Yeah. And it turns out... That's Rory. So he's yes. still guarding the Pandorica. He's just but now yeah. in a sort of more sensible way. Yeah. Just sitting and looking at it for <laughs> two thousand years. Yeah. So it's at this point that Rory tells the doctor that he has to go back and give him the screwdriver. Yes, yeah, because the the, the doctors you know, we've now got future doctor uh, kind of explaining I, I think he's kind of walked past a um, display that includes a fez. Yeah. And he sort of like just can't resist it. Grabs the fez, pops it on his head and um, and he's sort of like frantically... He's, he's doing the usual Doctor thing, just flapping about a bit. And he grabs the mop and, the, and Rory says, that's how you looked 
when you came and told me, he says, ah, oh, right, great, better do that now then. And it's just, I, I love the way he kind of closes that loop because it's just like, what if the doctor had to? It just, yeah. if, if, if you think about it too hard, it will melt your brain. So, yeah, once he's done that, yeah. he also goes back to write all the notes to little Amy. Yeah. Uh, and then... L- yeah, little, uh, Little Amelia is also complaining about being thirsty, so he quickly nips back into the past, steals her drink from her uh, earlier, right. hands it back. So yeah, we're just—it's just kind of—and it's all happened. It's happening so rapidly. It's—it's it's yeah. kind of this really, like, almost comical, frantic. So they then uh, run into the doctor zipping the about. Future, yeah, and he gives the doctor a warning, then dies. Yes. Now the doctor realizes he's. The Doctor from 12 minutes in the future. Yeah. So whatever plan they have, they have 12 minutes to execute it. Yes, yeah. Uh, The Dalek's still alive, so it chases them around for Mm -hmm. a little bit. And they end up on the roof of the museum. Yes. And the Doctor questions, if all the stars have gone out, then surely the sun must have gone out. But there is... A sun in the sky. Well, yes. there's at least a ball of fire giving yeah. light, giving yeah. energy in the sky. Yes. So he sort of tunes into what it could be. We hear that sound of the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. So it's the TARDIS. Yes. Okay. It's burning up, but the reason it hasn't exploded yet is it's trapped in a time loop. Yeah. That I don't know. Does River put it into the time loop? Uh, no, she... it's the it's a TARDIS trying to protect River. Okay. Um, so knowing that there is someone on board, it kind of like it's like if I let this play out a second longer, River will die. Mm. So I'm just going to keep her as best I can within this sort of repeating pattern. Um, so yeah, so so she's just sort of like desperately trying to fix the TARDIS and gets to the door. The door is like when she opens the door, it's like sort of almost bricked up or something. Like it. Yeah. It's not functioning normally. And she just says, I'm sorry, my love. And then back to the start of the loop again. Um, so so there. when they get back to the roof, the Dalek flies up. And the Doctor questions, how can the Dalek exist when it never existed? It's yeah. been erased from history. Yeah, But it turns out that the light of the Pandorica... <laughs> Can yeah. restore it from a single atom in the way yeah. that it restored Amy from death. All it needs is a single atom. Yeah. Okay. So he deduces if the Pandorica's light can reach all the universe, it can reboot reality. It can yeah. Rebuild everything. Or as he puts it, Big Bang Two. Yeah. So the Dalek then shoots the Doctor. He goes back in time twelve minutes before he dies to yes. give himself previous warning yeah. that he had and River has a bit of a showdown with the Dalek yes um, I, I, I quite like that because like uh, she's very confident like you've you've shot your one bolt it's, you're still kind of reconstituting so it was going to take you a while to recharge um, and the guy's the, like, ah, but our records show you're an associate of the Doctor's, you will show mercy. And she's like, check your records again. <laughs> and so, oh, the image of a Dalek begging for mercy. That's something we've not seen before. So, so yeah. it turns out when he was shot, the Doctor didn't die. He put himself in the Pandorica. Yeah. 
And he says what they need to do is put the Pandorica in the t- fire of the TARDIS. The explosion will be so big, the light of the Pandorica will hit yes. everywhere in the universe. Okay. So the Doctor's going to use the Vortex Manipulator to put the Pandorica in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. However, when he does that, he'll be sealed on the wrong side of the crack. Yeah. So they call it the nether space. We have heard that before. Have we? Yeah. Um, Doomsday. Where, um, it's uh, where the Doctor sent all of the the Daleks and... Uh, um, you know, at the at the end of Doomsday, um, it's where the Void ship had come from. Yeah. It, it existed in that sort of space between universes. So, yeah, nice little callback to that. So, he talks to Amy to say goodbye and asks about her big house. Says it's too big for just you and your aunt. He asks yeah. where her parents went. And I've just put, did they go through the crack? And... It well, certainly seems yeah. that way. Yes, because then... Amy just says, I lost my parents. And, and, and the doctor's like, how? And she, can't. she She doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. So the last bit, I couldn't really work out. Okay. She just goes, got you. Yeah. And then flies away. Yeah. The TARDIS. And I was like... What? We know what that means later. Mm. But in, in the moment, it's like, it's a bit of an odd way to sign off. <laughs> so... The Doctor's alive and well, but the time stream starts unravelling, so he goes back one week. Well, you say uh, alive and well, he's he's struggling a bit because he has just been shot by a Dalek, so I think, like, yeah. he's he's like he's being preserved, but not, it's not, you know... It's... Yeah, but I think I was under the assumption that was going to be the last we've seen of him. Yeah. For at least the immediate future. Yeah. So he goes back to the lodger... And he shouts to Amy. Yeah. She can hear him, but can't doesn't act on it. Yeah. Goes back to the Weeping Angels. Now, this bit made sense to me, and I hadn't really thought about it much. Yeah. But he goes back and he says, Oh, just remember what I told you when you were seven. Yeah. And I remember that from the episode. Yes. And it's not addressed in the episode. No. But, but that, uh, the beauty is that exact scene, we see that whole scene in that episode, they, they don't change a thing from it. But now all of a sudden we get the context for it. Yeah. And it works in the original episode. It, it definitely does work. But but at the same time, time it's, it's disjointed. Yes, it feels like... I feel like You feel like you're just missing a piece of the puzzle. Mm. And here we are. Yeah. So He's just showing off Moffat at this point, really. Yeah, yeah, but anyway. He then goes to Amelia's house to the night that she was outside waiting for him to return. Yeah. And he puts her to bed and yeah. says, you know, when you wake up, you'll have parents. And all the cracks seem to close. He says goodbye to Amy. Yeah. Adult Amy wakes up. Can, we, let's just take a moment to talk about the, the little monologue he says. I, I, I think it's beautiful. The, he, he's talking to her about, you know, sealing the TARDIS and stuff, you know, and, and talking in such loving terms about the TARDIS, you know. And it says, you know, I, I stole it. Did I ever tell you that I stole it? Well, you know, I borrowed it. I always intended to give it back and stuff. And it's just, I, I just love those moments where we really get to hear the, the, the Doctor laying laying themselves bare a little bit. Um, so, yeah. And obviously it sets up a moment a little bit later yeah. on as well. So, adult Amy wakes up and her mum brings her breakfast. And she's like, yeah. oh, you're my mum. Yeah. And then 
She sees her dad, has the same reaction. Alicia's yeah. Pitu says, you're my tiny little dad. Because, <laughs> you, you know, he's quite a short-statured uh, actor. And then yeah. Rory's back to normal. He's like a normal person again. Or yeah. At least we assume he is. Yeah, seems to be. They get married, and Amy sees River outside the window in the yes. ceremony. Yes, yeah. So is, is it at that point that her she's dad's giving a speech? And she yes. And like interrupts? Yeah. And just in the middle of her wedding, starts crying. Uh, yeah, and starts talking. Yeah, yeah, talking about her imaginary friend, and like her mum is just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you know, we sent her to psychiatrists." And yeah, um, but yeah, and so it ends it by sort of. And I, lo- I love Karen Gillan's del- uh, line delivery. I've, I've seen this over quite a few times, but like <laughs> when she says, "I remember you, Doctor, and you are late for my wedding." Yeah! Like she really gives it some welly. So um, yes, she sees yeah. the bow tie. Yeah. That oh yes, yeah, yeah. She's like these little hints. Yeah. And. Just before that, when yeah. she's crying, Rory says, oh, well, I'll give you a gift. This might cheer you up. Yeah. And it's River's diary. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, book, yeah. But it's completely yeah. blank. Yeah. So that's almost like the origin of the book, where it seems to come from. At some point, she might hand it to River. I don't know. Okay. And she thinks about when she was seven. Okay. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, you borrowed the TARDIS. Yeah. And that's where we get the something old, old something, something new, something, something borrowed, something, something blue, blue. Yeah. which is the TARDIS. Yeah. So she remembers. Okay. And then all of a sudden Rory just goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. So, <laughs> How could I have forgotten the Doctor? Yeah. 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 So because they remember him, yeah. he must exist. Yes. Okay. So the TARDIS reappears and the Doctor's there. Yeah. And he has a bit of a hoot at the wedding. Well, I I, I love that the, she's like, uh, did I surprise you this? And he says, oh yeah, totally surprised. How lucky I happen to be wearing this whole thing. Like, he's he's wearing, you know wearing full tucks, little white scarf, top hat, the foot, you know, really dressed to the nines. Yeah, yeah. And then we see him doing some really embarrassing dancing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he loves dancing. Yeah, that? and yeah, it's a lovely happy ending. Yeah. So the doctor is just on his way out. Was he intending to leave Amy and Rory? I think he would have been happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's stopped by River and she says, you know, next time we see one another, you'll probably find out who I am. Yeah. And that's when everything's going to end. Yeah. So there's still a bit of a threat in the background. Yeah, there's there's definitely, there is more to River than we know yet. And as I say, it feels like we know less about her every time we see her at the moment. So, um... So, Amy and Rory then appear, and the Doctor says, yeah. it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. So, they get on the TARDIS and shout goodbye <laughs> yeah. to everyone in the party. Yeah. And the phone rings on the TARDIS. Yeah. And there's an Egyptian goddess on the loose in space. Yeah. And they just fly off together. Yeah. Happy ending. Yeah. Off to Adventures New. I don't know, maybe I enjoyed this more than I think I did. I think it's a really lovely finale. And should I tell you why I think I prefer it to any of the RTD ones? Um, with with Russell T Davis's finales, he always like went really really big in terms of stakes. It's like oh, the world, entire world is at stake, the entire universe is at stake, all of reality is at stake, and it's lots of running about and explosions, and there's a billion characters, and it's it's like trying to do a Hollywood like big budget action movie on a BBC TV budget, which you know. 
hats off to him for the, for the ambition of that. What I think uh, Artie, uh, what Moffat does with this finale is quite smart in that the stakes are still as huge. It's you know it's all of reality at stake again, but certainly by the time you get to the second episode, he pulls the focus right in, and it's mostly four people talking in a museum. Mm. But you don't feel like it's just four people standing around talking in a museum. You feel the the stakes and the gravity, and and and, and it's ripping along at such a pace, and and there's so many little jigsaw pieces that are slowly being put together that you get that that same that a, a thrill from from watching it unfold. But when all said and done, it's not trying to be big explosions and craziness all over the shop. It feels more contained than that and and that i think allows you to feel the emotional stakes of it a bit better um so yeah i really really like this as a finale like i don't think it's perfect i think there are some very there there are times where you can feel the gears grinding a bit in that it's so it's it's so contrived um in order to make out all the pieces fit Mm. um but Having said that, by the by the time you get to the end of it and you have the happy ending with the wedding and Rory and Amy are married, they're off, you know, back in the TARDIS, off to Adventures New, I'm I'm like, brilliant, can't wait for series six. Yeah. You know, it's 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 uh, it's a very satisfying end to the series, I think. Yeah. I, I I did enjoy I yeah. did enjoy it. Yeah. Probably more than I thought I did. Good. Good. Uh and uh but we're not quite done yet because Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Um, I mean, technically, Christmas has just happened. Yeah, it was last week. Yeah, I, I got fat. Don't know about you. Um, Definitely. Yep. Yeah, much, much Christmas pudding was had. Um, and so, um, so apologies, listeners, that it's, we're, we're, we're so close to being, you know, uh, bang on. But yeah, a couple of weeks after Christmas, you'll be listening to us discussing a Christmas carol. Um, so please do join us for that Uh, until next time thanks very much for listening and cheerio bye now thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on twitter we are at timenorspacepod and thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme 